for tuning into this episode of Inspire. Uh, today's guest I've known for a long time. Excited to touch base with her. Uh, today on the phone we got Shannon Ford. Shannon, how are you? I'm doing good, Drew. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You hanging in there? Surviving and thriving. It's 60 degrees. That's all we can ask for today. I know. It's been beautiful weather the past few days, so it's been nice to actually get outside and uh, do something. You know, the week before there was rain almost every day, so being stuck inside is, is not ideal during these times. May is a beautiful thing. All right, guys. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, guys, going to get into Shannon's background a little bit. Shannon is from Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, she grew up locally. She was an avid tomboy growing up, which earned her the nickname Shan Man. Uh, her family roots were in the sports world from her grandfather and her father, who was a veteran of the sports industry. Uh, she attended the Miami University in Ohio, graduated with a degree in strategic communications and marketing. Out of college, she took a job in advertising where she, she began working in sports marketing. During that time, she was able to work around events such as the Super Bowl, Major League Baseball All-Star Game, X Games, and the NBA postseason. Uh, during those experiences, it was her first light into the live aspect of the sports industry. 2014-2017, uh, she worked with Optimum Sports. Uh, there, she quit her job in Chicago, moved to New York City, and became Major League Baseball's first official youth reporter, where she remained for three years. 2017-2019, uh, she worked for Major League Baseball. Um, after the first season with Major League Baseball Network, she was offered a sideline role. Uh, that sideline role is from 2018-2020, where she covered the Reds, the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, with Fox Sports Ohio. And 2019 to present, she's the director of Pro Football Focus, where it provides an all-in-one analytics into pro football. And she's also working on a digital book, um, F It, Let's Do It Live, uh, which details journeys of personal risk that comes while pursuing a dream. Shannon, you've been very active since your college days uh, in the sports world. You've got a lot going on there. Yeah, the only common thread there, Drew, is that it's been in sports. Otherwise, people are like, what the heck? Who is this person? And where is her headspace? Because I've done a little bit of everything in sports. Um, as you mentioned, Optimum is a sports marketing group. Um, so we do things like when you see presented by State Farm, that was something that I would buy, um, or commercial spots with Chris Paul and Aaron Rodgers for State Farm. Those are kind of the more obvious obvious examples where if you see an athlete drinking Gatorade, that's not a coincidence. Um, so that's where I got my feet wet. And that was just a great experience because as we call it in the agency business, it's a kind of graduate school in sports because you get exposed to all of the networks. So Fox, NBC, ESPN, et cetera. You also get exposed to all the leagues. So NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB, um, all the teams within those leagues as well. So depending on who you work with, it's kind of like the epicenter of sports. So it's a really great place to start because it exposes you to all the different facets of sports. And then from there, people have gone on to do a multitude of things. I have people that work in advertising sales uh, that I used to work with, people that have started podcasts like yourself, people that are now on the network side, uh, working directly with the talent. And then, like myself, I became the talent. So um, it just depends on the person and what they want to do. But Optimum and, and advertising agencies are a great place to start to learn that like graduate school degree of sports. So when you came out of college, is that why you chose to go that route just to get your foot in the door with Optimum? No, I went that route 
up because it's where I got a job and I didn't know anything about the real world. So I was, let's see, you're 22 and you graduate. I was just happy to be paid. And I actually started with what my boss called me. They hired me for the Gatorade account. So you work on different accounts. So whether that's Gatorade or State Farm or Intel or Pepsi, et cetera. So I was actually assigned to the Gatorade account. And then my boss called me and said, hey, we just won new business. It's Walgreens. Are you cool with doing that? And I was like, uh. He's like, what? I knew that I wanted to work in sports, but I was really happy to have a job. So um, I, I gladly accepted. Again, a paycheck goes a lot farther than you can't be picky when you get out of college. Um, but I knew I had to find a way to get into sports. So actually, funny enough, um, that Christmas, we had our company Christmas party. And I overheard the sports team saying they were going to do karaoke. And I invited myself and I went to karaoke and became best friends with all of them. And three months later, I was hired in the sports group. Hey, smart move right there. Um, Whatever you got to do. Hey, exactly. And it's, you know, and that building those relationships and networking with people within your own business, it ended up being a positive, you know, move for you in that regard. So, and that, you know, Sometimes young adults don't understand the importance of networking and being a good coworker and colleague because you never know where that relationship can land you a month down the road, two years down the road, whenever that may be. Exactly. So, you know, having that first experience in Optimum Sports working with Gatorade, um, what was your first experience working live sportscast production back in Chicago? Um... Well, there were a bunch. I'll, I'll hit on a few that I actually remember. One, we, we flew out to L.A. pretty early in my career, and we were doing, um, the kids listening won't remember this, but the parents might. Um, if you remember Hans and Franz from Saturday Night Live. Absolutely. Um, we, were doing a, we were doing a skit with them around SNL with Fox and CBS, so we were going network to network. And this wasn't live. This was a pre-taped shoot with the network talent. So if you watch, you know, CBS uh, football on Sundays. The pregame show has JB and Boomer and that whole crew. And so we got Hans and Franz on that set and we did this fun integration there. Um, and I remember when we went to Fox, I had started talking to the producer and he was like, you know, you're smart and pretty. Have you ever thought about being in front of the camera? I said, no, it's not really my thing. I like, I, I enjoy more of the creative aspects. I don't want to be the center of attention. And he was like, all right, well, here's my number. If you ever change your mind, call me. Um, so that was the first kind of one. And then live sports production. Let's see, NBA finals. I want to say it was like five years ago, but I think it was more. Um, anyway, I was sitting courtside. Um at the Cavs game with my boss at the time. And we were there as guests of the NBA and Turner, which runs the network for the NBA. One of our clients was Intel. So I was running back and forth to the production truck, like I said. And at the time, Intel, the, the replay technology that you saw on TV was 2D technology, meaning it you, you got the vantage point, but that was really it. Maybe it was above the basket or below the basket or whatever, but you didn't get the 360 view, right? So Intel brought this new technology and they outfitted the arena with 360 degree cameras. And I would run back and forth to the production truck and say, hey, guys, we got to make sure we get LeBron in the next one or Kevin Love or Channing, whoever it might be, because we didn't have that content yet. And that content would then be clipped for the broadcast. 
it would be used on social media and then I'd run back and I'd sit with my boss and I'd entertain him. So, um, it was, it was crazy to have that experience so early in my career because you start to really respect how many hours and how much time you spend on your feet that go into a production, a full live sports production. It's not just what fans see on TV. It's all day long leading up to, and then for hours after the game. Yeah, absolutely. Now, were you wearing sneakers when you were running back and forth? No, I was wearing heels. You were, there you go. Just, um, at least you didn't roll an ankle going back and forth, you know? A hundred percent. All right, so now you're getting all this great experience out in Chicago. Um, you decide to quit your job and take a job with the Major League Baseball Network. Um, how was that transition, and was there you know, any association with anyone you met along the way in that move to New York? Yeah, so you were talking about this earlier, but one of the things that I live by in my career is be really good at the job you have and the next job will follow. And the reason being is similarly to that NBA production, we did a similar thing with the MLB All-Star Game. And I had worked ad nauseum with the guys in production at MLB. Um, the CMO I was on the phone with all the time at like 23, 24 years old, which is crazy. And so I had been tag teaming while I was working my nine to five job with Optimum. I'd been tag teaming a role, um, to become a, to become a reporter. And so I was spending my nights and weekends doing that. So when I quit Optimum, I actually didn't have a job. I was moving to New York jobless, which I would not recommend for anyone listening. Um, but I did it and I, I was very fortunate. I had the safety net. My parents are in the suburbs of New York, so I didn't need to sign a lease or have a big overhead of costs. Um, I could take the risk. And MLB called and said, we heard you're leaving Optimum. What's your plan? We want to hire you in our marketing department. And I just said, you know, with all due respect, I'm not leaving to work in marketing again. I'm leaving because I want to be a reporter. And they're like, all right, let's have a conversation. So I went to their offices and this role of youth reporter, they were just starting to ramp up. Commissioner Manfred, two of his big initiatives diversifying the league and make it younger um, and appeal to a younger audience because we know that that um, it, it typically skews to an older audience, people that want to watch. And so they called and they said, we're doing this big thing, this big push for, for youth and diversity in, in Major League Baseball and we need a reporter for it. So we thought it was going to be a pretty small role and it ended up being a massive full-time job that allowed me to travel all over the country and just get my feet wet. I was on a production shoot every single day, which was which was really cool to have that autonomy to learn and the space and time to learn. So you're not just thrown into a massive production where there are millions of people watching. It was really small scale. It was editable. It wasn't live. So I was able to make mistakes, which was the best thing and it's the best way to learn. Right. Well, that's great that, you know, the commissioner was looking to diversify the league, get more women involved, more young talent, because um, you see so many, you know, networks now where there's, you know, they have a reporter for everything out there. Um, so that was really good experience for you. And it sounds like you got in at a really good time with it. Um, and then, so after a year, you get offered the sideline role back in Ohio, where you ended up going to college. Was that coincidence or was that just kind of the gig that came up? So back to the networking thing, it all comes full circle, right? I, when I was side hustling broadcasting, when I was in Chicago, I was calling everybody that I knew saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. Do you know anyone in the business? And a guy, I actually opened a bar when I was in college and, um, the guy that I opened a bar with happened to be really good friends with Tom Brenneman who does NFL on Fox and he's the play by play guy for the Reds. 
So one morning I took a paid time off day from work and I drove down to Cincinnati and I had lunch or breakfast with Tom Brenneman and the guy that I had opened the bar with. Fast forward five years later, I had the experience under my belt from working with Major League Baseball and Tom was like, he called me and he was like, hey, we have a, we have a role opening up. I want you to interview for it. And three weeks later, I have the job. Wow. There you go. Network, network into a team. Now you opened a bar in college? I opened a bar in college. What was the name of it? It was called Down the Hatch. Well, it was called The Hatch. And then it was an underground bar. So it was like Down the Hatch. Like a play on words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, now you're managing, being a college student, managing a bar. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't have ownership in the bar anymore, but it is still open. Double, double dipping. That's really funny. Well, good for you. Entrepreneur as well. So, you know, you're now on the sideline. You're doing all this stuff with, you know, professional athletes. You know, what was one of your biggest highlights during that time interviewing these professional athletes with the Reds and stuff? Oh, that's hard. Um, the first post... The po- first post-game victory we did, I interviewed the third baseman, A. Eugenio Suarez, and I was terrified because I'm like, this is live, and I can't mess this up, and, you know, I'm talking to a major league athlete, and I'm going to sound stupid, and so it was that whole, like, terrified anticipation of the first post-game interview, and it actually ended up being so fun, and he was so much, he was, he played into everything that I said, and it, it actually was pretty easy. I was prepared for it, and I worked hard to get to that point. And so um, that one was really fun. Another one was um, I was in the clubhouse one day. I was going to the clubhouse before a game to talk to the players, get any sort of sound that you need ahead of the game. And Joey Votto, the first baseman for the Reds, was – I just saw him in the corner. No one talks to Joey. He's the best – one of the best players in the league, let alone the Reds. And he, I mean, he's a sweetheart, but you just don't, you don't mess with his group. So I saw him kind of tossing a bag of bats and he'd put one to the left, one to the right, one to the left. So I go over to him and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, I'm, I just got a shipment of bats. I'm picking my bats. And I'm like, well, what's, how do you, how do you select? They all look the same to me. So how do you go through and select which ones? And he started going through the nuances, like down to the grain of the wood, um, the height everything and I was like we got to put this on camera can I please just film you doing this and then I'll voice it over and he was like sure no problem so that was pretty cool it's just like one of those moments where you observe something organic that's happening and then you capitalize that capitalize on it uh that was a really fun one to do well it's amazing some of these idiosyncrasies that you see some of these professional athletes have you know everyone sees the the pitcher jumping over the foul line, but they don't understand the rituals that are probably going on in the clubhouse. You know, kind of oh like God. kind of like Serrano for Major League. You know, doing what they have. Totally. Um, I'll tell you that when when the Reds picked up Trevor Bauer from the Indians, he came over, and the first thing we all noticed was he had this like fax machine in his stall. We're like, what is this thing? And eventually we decided we were going to ask him about it. He'd been with the team for like a week or so. And he was like, oh, that tests my blood. He takes his blood before every single game and he tests it for a certain level. And then he changes his diet and his workout regimen based on his blood. And I'm like, that if that's not pitcher mentality, I don't know what is. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's been known to make uh, some names in the headlines, too. So just yeah. to find this out about him, he's like, please don't share this because I'm already getting enough flack in the news media. 
Oh, he doesn't care. That's funny. That's funny. It really is funny seeing all the those things in the locker room. So that was kind of your transition from behind the scenes to in person on the field. What was that like now being on camera and in front of everyone? It was fine. I mean, the first time that I did it, it was, like I said, it was terrifying. Um, I always say, like, nerves are a sign that you're alive, so it's good to have nerves. Um, and, and, again, MLB gave me the opportunity and the space to fail. They allowed me to practice my skill and my craft. And so by the time I got to Fox, I had had this rapport on camera, and I learned. And that's not to say I was perfect. I was far from it. I mean, I remember my producer in my ear being, more energy, more energy. I'm like, I feel like I'm about to jump off the building and I have so much energy. <laughs> but then you watch it back on camera and it's really not that much energy. So um, you start to learn those little nuances the more you practice. So it was it was fun to be on the field. The weirdest thing, I mean, it, it felt normal. And the guys in the clubhouse are amazing people. And I remember everyone's always like, what's it like to interview major league athletes? I'm like, really not for me that's never been why I got into this line of work I don't really care about the stardom of it I genuinely enjoy learning about who they are as people that's always how I've been and like you said at the beginning of the podcast my dad worked in sports and so I kind of grew up in that atmosphere and just like any other first day of work I walked into the clubhouse and they all came up to me and shook my hand and said great to have you on the team uh we can't wait to work with you etc etc and you will have to keep in mind that most of these guys are my age. So I believe it's one in a way that the other broadcasters couldn't because they were 40 years their senior. So um, it was fun. We switched the shit about shoes and what their kids were doing and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was definitely unique and, and fun, but not as scary as you might think. Well, and that's interesting because, you know, with the commissioner doing all this stuff, there is the aspect of young reporters relating to these young athletes the best athletes are in their low to mid 20s you know yes you have your ones in the mid 30s but the the new up-and-coming guys Aaron Judges of the world you know you have Pete Alonzo over the Mets those guys are babies in a way especially compared to my age now Um, but I think that goes a long way especially when you get the interaction on camera and the relatability between the two totally all right, so now you're now you're in, uh, doing all the baseball stuff. You uh, transition over, um, and currently you're the director of Pro Football Focus. How's that kind of now going off camera? Now you're back behind camera, um, doing a completely different sport. And I know you've always been a big football fan, so it's probably pretty easy to you. So what's that like? I have. So when I started at Pro Football Focus, I actually was on camera. I was helping host NCAA and NFL, some of our videos for them. And then I just kind of realized it's it's a newer company. And so their content um, wasn't quite as far along as I had thought during the interview process. But I had this media background back to my optimum days, right? So my bosses were like, hey, you have a unique perspective that we don't have anywhere else in the company. Can you come in and help run our content department? So now... In, at PFF, I've been helping them craft this whole content platform at a company that is specific to data. So um, PFF is actually owned by Chris Collinsworth, color analyst um, on Sunday Night Football for NBC. And um, he's really passionate about the content side. So it's been really fun working with Chris and learning his perspective from Sunday Night Football. And his famous producer for Sunday Night Football is Fred Gidelli and talking to him and 
learning about ways that we can improve this content department, but from the ground up um, has been really fun. And I think for me, it's been a unique challenge because I'm a reporter. I'm good at, I'm good at writing and talking. I'm not great at the math side of things. So um, it's challenged me in a different way that I think if I were to go back in front of the camera, it's just given me a new perspective and given me a new competitive advantage to add to my resume of, okay, well, now I understand the analytics of sports, not just talking about them, right? Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And when you took on that role, I was like, ah, she's going back to a true passion of hers, but it's just a little different role. So it's, you know, that's why it's been fun kind of watching you do everything that you do. Coming full circle now, you've done, you know, now that I found out you owned a bar in college, uh, but doing everything from your optimum sports day, Major League Baseball, now on the pro football side, you're working on a digital book called F It, Let's Do It Live, and it uh, details journeys of personal risk that comes with pursuing a dream years of being in sports. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so completely unrelated, but I heard a quote from one of my friends the other day that said, one day you will tell your story of how you've overcome what you're going through now, and it will become part of someone else's survival guide. And I took that to heart, and it's part of the reason that I'm writing this book, because um, I didn't have a role model in this business. I didn't have someone to tell me what was going to happen, what was going to be easy, what was going to be hard. And I learned a lot about myself and just about the business in general. And I would sit in these rooms with these, like, I mean, you think about, like, the, the big speech from Miracle, the hockey movie. And I would sit in rooms and actually hear those types of speeches. And so I was like, okay. I started taking down quotes while I was in the field of things that I heard along the way. And I was like, one day I'm going to do something with all of these. And I didn't know what it was. And now I'm using it as the jump off point for different chapters in this book. It's lessons that you learn by putting yourself out there, taking a risk on yourself. Um, the good and the bad, the ugly. It's not... It's not all fun and games. Everyone's like, oh, my God, you're a reporter in Major League Baseball. That's such an awesome job. And I'm like, yeah, it's an awesome job, but it's also, like, exhausting. And um, I don't have a social life and all of those kinds of things. I mean, you give up a lot when you chase your dream because you have to. I mean, it requires work that is beyond anything you ever thought you were capable of, um, the preparation that goes into it. And then you have to watch it and be critical and – Everybody else is critical of you, too. I mean, one of the hardest lessons I had to learn when I became a broadcaster was that my job was literally dependent on the public's perception of me. So how do I be likable, but in my own way? Really hard lesson to learn. Um, and so I hope that just by sharing bits of my story, and as I'm calling them, lessons from the road, it will inspire somebody else. It will prepare you for the bad stuff that's going to happen. It's not all going to be great. Um, and I think it's unfair to think and tell people that it will be all great. Um, so hopefully by sharing a little bit of my story, it inspires somebody or prepares them to take a chance and believe in themselves and do something great. No, I think that's wonderful. And that's, you know, long hours, hard work, you know, nobody, everyone thinks it's all, you know, peaches and roses when you're trying to, you know, get to your dream, but they don't understand the amount of hard work, the sacrifices that are being made, you know, during that process. So I love that you're doing that. I can't wait to read it. 
Um, and it's very similar to what we're trying to do, you know, with this podcast is inspire youth, let them know what's out there, let them understand the roads and challenges that may be ahead. Um, so kind of going off that, you know, what are some words of advice that you would tell someone chasing their dream and passion? Yeah. If you take three things away from this podcast, I hope it's these three things. Um, number one is start with why I found in my career that if you say to yourself, you know, why am I doing, like, why am I starting this book? Why do I want to be, I remember my dad sat me down when I told him I wanted to be a sportscaster. And he's like, well, why do you want to do this? You want to be famous? Do you want to be rich? You like, what's the point? And I said, no, I just really like talking to people. And I think athletes are cool because they, everyone sees them, but nobody hears them. They listen to them, but they don't really hear them. They don't know who they are. They're people just like you and I whose kids get sick and whose wives go into labor and they have to make work. It's the same thing. So I think that it was just a, a really unique way to tell stories through people that are heroes both on and off the field. And so that was my why for that. Um, my why for my book is creating that connection and inspiring people like we just talked about. So start with a why, have a concrete reason for it, because that will be your guiding principle throughout the whole journey. The second thing is network like crazy. We've talked about it ad nauseum during this podcast, but take everyone's hand in the room, introduce yourself, um, make eye contact, leave an impression, send thank you notes, even when you don't think you need to. Send it, send an email saying thank you because people remember that stuff. And I mean, when I was in advertising, I was, some, some rep would take me out to dinner and I would send an email saying thank you so much and add something personal in it. And those people are like, wow, we've never received a thank you note before. This is just something we do in the business. But it makes you memorable and it makes people want to help you. Um, so network like crazy. And then I said this earlier in the podcast, but the third thing is you're really good at the job you have, that job will follow. Um, you can't say, okay, I want to be a sportscaster or I want to be a major league baseball player. And then you're like, well, that's what I want to do. So I don't need to work that hard at what I'm doing right now. It's just not true. Um, if you want to be a major league baseball player, you can be really good at the job you have right now. If that's taking BP every day, get really good at that. Um, if you want to be a broadcaster, learn how to write, be really good at that. And the examples that I gave you are perfect for this. It's, I quit my job at Optimum without a job and the next job came to me, um, because of that networking that I did and because of the job that I did. So focus on the job you have and do it well and the next will follow. You're the best, Shim. I really appreciate you taking the time today. I had a blast reconnecting with you. I'm glad the family and yourself are healthy during these times. But thanks again for uh, hopping on a call today. You too, Drew. Good luck with this. No, absolutely. And once we get this book finished up, you're, you're getting back on this with me. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Loved catching up there with my friend Shannon Ford. I've known her since she was Shan Man back in high school. It's been a lot of fun watching her career path. Uh, she's still so young and she's going to accomplish so many great things in the sports industry. But as she left it to any aspiring athletes, people in the sports industry, you got to ask yourself three things. Ask yourself why. That's your guiding principle in what you do. Network like crazy. Very important. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the networking, the people that I've met along the way in the nonprofit and for-profit worlds. And be really good at your job. 
because the bet a better one's gonna follow that job. So be sure to whatever you're doing, be great at it, and you never know what's gonna follow. Thanks again for tuning in. Be well. Take care.